I'm Danielle. And I'm Christy. And you are listening to Snacks with Stein. Let's do it. Welcome back to Snacks with Stein. Danielle and I are super excited to have you back. If you are brand new, we're sorry, but welcome anyways. And we're going to have some fun tonight and get back to Fear Street. Before we do that, Danielle, can you tell us what kind of snacks you're going to be having while I tell my story? Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode five, I think. It is, yeah. We're five years old. We're going to kindergarten. Today, I'm having just really simple, a really simple chocolate bar. Keeping it simple. It felt old school. What kind of chocolate bar? Is it like a a candy bar? Yeah. So I don't know if they have them everywhere, but Hershey's makes these bars called Symphony Bar. So a Symphony Bar is made by Hershey's. I don't think they make them in any size other than like extra large. <laughs> they're just milk chocolate, but they taste different than a regular like Hershey bar. I don't know what it is. I bet the um, the cocoa content is different because there's different different chocolate bars taste different depending on the blend. True. Excellent. Well, I'm jealous. I want chocolate. Excellent. Well, actually, that's kind of fitting because... This book is kind of our little segue into the month of February. And, you know, February is about like romance and chocolate. And if you don't have somebody to be romantical with, it's still about chocolate because you can get those little hearts with all the stuff in it. It's real good. Today's book was picked at random. I had my eight-year-old daughter bring me one from the shelf. Yay. She came back with this one, naturally. Um, This week's book is Killer's Kiss. And what's more romantic than 1997? Because this book was copyrighted in 1997. Wow. I know, right? For frame of reference, Clueless came out in 1995. Oh my god. Old. That's when you're hitting the feels of old. You're like, whoa. The front cover features a young heartthrob, and he's supposed to be dreamy in a real kind of like the outsiders sort of way. But I'm just, I'm getting a really big gay vibe coming off this dude. Like, it's it's the eyebrows, and there's like some guy liner happening, and he's got this like kind of pouty mouth. I'm getting a lot less like hot pirate and more like I'm a drag star on the weekends kind of vibe. <laughs> on the front of the book is this dude and it's a snapshot and for those of you who are not old like us that is a photograph that is printed on paper the snapshot of this guy has been kissed over and over again by someone wearing a very nice shade of red lipstick and to take it one step further this person has nailed this picture to a wall with a butcher knife the tagline reads her lips were sweet and dead. I love that. I want to be sweet and deadly. This one was sold for $3.99. Okay, so right out of the gate here, there's a whole lot to unpack. So everybody settle in, because we're gonna we're gonna get to know everybody. It's a whodunit kind of thing. We're gonna keep track of what we're doing. It's not there's not a terrible lot of characters. Like when we okay. did um, Silent Night, I felt like there was eight different people who could have been the killer. Um, yeah. We have a smaller pool to work with, but there's a lot happening. There's a lot going on. Okay. So we open the book with two characters who we will for now assume are the leads. There's Vincent Milano and Delia Easton. Ooh. These names. I can't decide I if it's it. like really good soap opera names or like maybe like Disney pop band member names. Could be both. Oh, maybe. That Vincent sounds like a Disney show. 
Doesn't it? Vincent Milano. Delia sounds more like a soap opera. In the first scene, Delia has just given Vincent a long, wet kiss on Vincent's cheek. She then makes this like huge show of reapplying her bright purple lipstick in the slowest manner possible. She's even able to like conjure a tissue out of thin air. And in my mind, I kind of wanted her to pull it out of her cleavage, kind of Mae West style. It's not written that way. It should have been. She takes this <laughs> tissue out of nowhere. She blots her lipstick and she kind of like just throws the tissue on the floor. Okay. Later. It's not Halloween. Okay. This is her all the time color. And that speaks volumes about what kind of character she's going to be. Because take into consideration the time, and that wasn't done a lot in 1997. So it kind of takes a special sort of badass bitch to wear bright purple <laughs> lips on the regular. Now let's talk about Vincent. There's two things you need to understand about Vincent. He's both, one, the kind of panty dropper that is always referred to using his first and last name together. Vincent uh -huh. Milano. Two, he's also the kind of panty dropper that will also refer to himself in the <laughs> third person, always using that first and last name combo. Never <laughs> just Vincent. Which, sidetrack, this is so dumb. When I first read this name and his name, do you remember the Beauty and the Beast show from the 80s it was like a sitcom that came on abc am i gonna be alone the one with, this one the one with ron perlman yes yes okay <laughs> so every time i hear because okay so for those of you who are a little look it up i'm sure it's on youtube <laughs> somewhere because when i i was just old enough to really appreciate that show when it came out and i was really sad when it was over but the, the Beast is played by Ron Perlman in that little sitcom, and his name was Vincent. So every time yes. I, him, I think of... I forgot that his name was Vincent. Yes, his name was Vincent, and her name was Catherine. And wasn't it, um, it's Terminator Girl, right? Isn't it the girl from... Yes, um, yes. Linda Hamilton? Yes, you're right, Linda Hamilton. Yes, Ron Perlman, <laughs> Linda Hamilton, he lives... In the sewers underneath New York City, which also <laughs> happens to be this like kick-ass gothic library type situation that, you know, and he's in rags yeah. and it's a romance <laughs> and she wears ridiculous dresses with big sleeves. It's a great, go look it up. It's awesome. Yeah. Sorry. Sidetrack Go over. look it up. <laughs> Any hoodles. So this dude, we've got Vincent and Delia. He's currently like trying his luck with Delia. This like purple lipstick wearing outrageous kind of gal, but he's also kind of trying to push her out the door. Like he's trying to get her to leave so she won't run into Karina, who is his second date for the night. And as much as we want to believe that this might be some kind of like super mature sister wives high school situation, these <laughs> girls do not know that they are both dating Vincent Milano. To make matters worse, Karina and Delia are frenemies. And we learned all about frenemies in 12 <laughs> Screams of Christmas. Thank you, Danielle. You're welcome. <laughs> they have been this way with each other since like early childhood. So these girls are two sides of a very competitive coin. Delia is dark and complicated and fierce. Um, you know, she's daily purple lipstick. She drives this like edgy red Volkswagen Jetta. <laughs> and she's going out and spunky. And Karina is like this light-skinned, blonde-haired, conservative. Bitch drives a silver eclipse, okay? Uh -huh. Which is hilarious, because when's the last time you ever saw or even heard <laughs> of an eclipse? <laughs> yeah, they don't have those anymore. <laughs> nope. Karina's more serious, more responsible. However, they both think that Vincent is their boyfriend, like their exclusive boyfriend. And it's not a big town, so I'm not sure how that works, but they both think that. 
And he really enjoys the excitement of like fucking with them on a lot of different levels. And you guys, just to be clear, he feels zero remorse. This is a ton of fun for him. This is his thing. And both girls are expecting to be his date for his upcoming birthday party. And after he watches Delia's headlights kind of turn one corner on one side of the street, he looks in the opposite direction and sees the headlights of Karina's car pulling up on the other side of the street. This kid is like slick as fuck. There's just one problem. Danielle, can you guess what the problem is? Maybe maybe she doesn't leave. She has she turns around and comes back. Mm, no, no, she's gone. Mm-hmm. However, when Karina shows up, she immediately finds the discarded tissue on the floor. And when she picks it up, she finds a pair of bright purple lips. And then she notices the same shade on Vincent's cheek. Karina is already not as stupid as we thought she would be because she knows exactly who wears that color on the regular. And she starts to kind of lose her shit on Vincent Milano. (laughs) He's kind of like the Grinch, though. He thought up a lie and he thought it up quick. He very calmly and innocently tells her, and it's not what you think. Delia, she just showed up at his house. She said she really needed help with her homework. And, you know, could he please share his notes? His big, thick history notes. (laughs) Which I'm guessing is like the high school equivalent of I'm here to clean your pool. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like it. But I don't have a pool. Uh, Anyways. (laughs) um, And then when she's leaving, you know, she's, you know her. She's just so crazy and forceful. She just came in hot and just gave me this weird kiss on the cheek. And there was no way to stop her. And he didn't kiss her back. And of course he did not enjoy it like at all, you know, but he didn't want to be rude. So everything's cool. Everything's fine. Whatever. (laughs) Karina actually doesn't buy it. And she starts this like crazy ass screaming rant about how Delia is always doing this. And she's only likes Vincent Milano because he's hers. And she wants to take everything that belongs to her. Karina screams that she hates Delia and she is not going to let her get away with it this time. And she runs out the door. She jumps into her eclipse and she peels out of the driveway and around the corner. Vincent Milano makes kind of a feeble attempt to run after her, but you know, his general attitude about the whole thing is like weird. Oh, well, (laughs) Yeah, this guy. We change scenes. We are now at Shady Side Intramural Basketball Game. And Delia and her best friend, Brittany, who, okay, in the book, her name is actually written as Britty with no R, but there's no fucking way I'm going to get all the way through this saying Britty and not Brittany. So her new name is Brittany. <laughs> So she's sitting with Brittany and their friend Gabe, and they're hanging out all like, I'm cool because I'm different and edgy because they've chosen this like top corner of the bleachers, you know, where no one else sits. And they've pretty much got the, right? They do. They've got the whole place to themselves in that area because, you know, people who are actually interested in watching the game want to see it. So they're all sitting lower. It's like when you sit in the back of the movie theater because you have no intention of watching the movie. You're just there to goof around. Exactly. Brittany is this like spunky little gymnast and Gabe is good looking, but he's bookish. He's a nice guy. He definitely does not have the same kind of game as Vincent. Delia, she's got these big, dark, share curls. And get this, she's wearing a bright orange t-shirt dress with go-go boots. Nice. It's that fake 60s thing that was so popular. And she's, you know, literally in the book, she's sitting there, she's thinking about like how cute and edgy she is and about like how much she likes Vincent and that 
Her friend Gabe is, of course, in love with her, but you know, she, she aims a little higher. Maybe he could date Brittany. They're reading this pamphlet and it's the requirements for winning some kind of special school award that also comes with a college scholarship. Basically, there's one kid in the school that's gonna win this award and get their college paid for wherever they go, but only one kid gets it. And there's like 12 like finalists and it's a multi-tiered kind of competition. Like there's academic parts of it. There's, there's a talent competition. There's an art competition. Like there's all these different facets. So like over the next few weeks, she and these other kids are gonna be competing for this award. And that's what they're checking out. They're looking at the rules for this award. Her friends are pumping her up, telling her how great she is. She's agreeing with them, of course. She pulls out her lipstick to reapply again because that's her thing. We put on this bright purple lipstick. But at this point in the book, we actually get the name of this color of lipstick. Danielle, oh. give it a go. What do you think the name of this purple lipstick is that is her oh, signature? Man. I have a purple lipstick called Poison. So I'm going to go with that. Her lipstick is called Midnight Wine. Oh, and I was just going to ask you if you can remember the shade of any of your colors of lipstick, but apparently you already do. I have many, what? many colors of lipstick. <laughs> I don't think I can remember the specific shade of one, but I don't do makeup very much. I think if I did it more, I definitely. If you buy it all the time, like I do, you start remembering. <laughs> right. The ones you like. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she makes this big show of applying and blotting her lips on a page of Britney's <laughs> notebook paper. It's her thing. It's what she does. Put on the purple lipstick, blot everywhere, almost like compulsively. <laughs> we learn a little bit more about Delia. We learn that her parents definitely don't have enough money to send her to college. And she wants to go to some fashion college in New York. And this kind of award would help her get there. They're talking about this. The game ends. Everybody starts to kind of file out of the bleachers. They get up to leave when the gym doors like burst open. And in comes Karina. Karina is a hot fucking mess. Her hair is like wild and she's got mascara dripping down her face. She is like wig snatching pissed and ready to get into it with Delia because she knows that Delia has been on her man, right? Yeah. So now it's time for a cat fight. Karina stomps up the bleachers to where Delia is, and they kind of, like, face off. Everybody's holding their breath. And Karina fucking goes for her throat. Like, literally. She starts to choke Delia out in oh front of God. everyone. And the whole time she's in her face, and she's, like, digging her nails into Delia's throat. And she's, like, scream-spitting, You're not gonna win this time! And Delia starts to pass out. She starts to see these like red spots in her vision. And everybody is so shocked that no one is helping her. <laughs> so at the very last second, she kind of arches her back and like breaks free. And she falls backwards and she hits her head on the bleachers behind her. And Karina, yeah. she's you know, supposed to be like responsible and reserved one. She goes for her fucking throat again. She starts, like, choking her, and she's red-faced and screaming about, you know, she'll never take anything that belongs to her. Gabe snaps out of it, and he tries to pull Karina off Delia. But Delia, reaching up, she pulls Karina's ponytail as hard as she can, and Karina lets her go. And now we learn something more about Karina. Karina is savage as fuck. Because her next move is to reach up into Delia's hoop earring and pull Ugh. it down through the flesh of her ear. Oh my and Delia God. reaches up and brings her hand back and it is bloody and she passes the fuck out. <laughs> wow. Did you ever know someone who got their earring ripped out? No, not personally. I didn't. I didn't either. I knew somebody that... It hadn't been ripped all the way through, but it had been ripped a little bit. Mm. So like one earring sat lower Ugh. than the other one. She kind of comes to, she gets up, she realizes she's just got her earring ripped out. She snaps 
and pushes Karina, like with the intention to push her ass down the bleachers. But Gabe kind of catches Karina at the last minute, starts to drag her down the steps and away from Delia. And she's still screaming and spitting and going crazy about how, you know, she's never going to win, blah, blah, blah. So she gets escorted out. She gets in big trouble. Delia and Brittany go off to the nurse, I guess, to try to stop the bleeding in her ear. The next day, Karina's not in school. And Delia has Vincent come over to her house to talk about eggplants. Um, she keeps going on about how weird it is for Karina to attack her and say that she was dating Vincent. And he just gives her that old, it's cool, baby. And they suck face for like an hour. So Why would back she be to, mad at him? You know, I've asked myself this question many times. Neither one of them seem to be that stupid. Um, right. And they seem to be pretty possessed of themselves like neither one of them seems to have any kind of issue with self-esteem or anything like that so i've really come back around to the fact that they are toying with him and that the real conflict here is that neither one of them want to share their toy yeah it has to be something because i mean clearly delia knows why karina got mad that it's about him so she's not like this rando attacked me why did she attack me <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of them like believing things conveniently so they get to make out with him. I I see. I mean, I, I mean, I get it. I just I think he's really cute, and I think that's that's what it is. They're talking a little bit about this competition. Like I said, part of the competition there's um there's an art portion of the competition. They all have to submit some kind of art, like drawings or sculpture or whatever. So Delia is going through all of her sketches, trying to decide which ones she's going to submit for this art portion of the competition. And her little sister, Sarah, comes into the room and kind of busts up them, like making out, not picking out pictures. Sarah's 15. She's a little bit awkward. She kind of like wants to challenge her sister and Delia says something really like insensitive and hurtful, kind of embarrasses her in front of Vincent, which is even worse because Vincent's real hot, whatever. So they have a big fight. Sarah and Delia hate each other pretty much. Ah, okay. The next day at school, Delia is on her hands and knees and she's searching for something in her locker and Stuart Andrews comes up and asks her out. He is also in the running for this like special award. He's also very cute. And so they're kind of talking. He's asking her out. Right about then, Vincent walks by, waves, keeps going, never breaks stride. So Delia says, you know, she can't go out with Stuart because she's dating Vincent. And wasn't it weird that Vincent didn't know that? Didn't everybody know that she was dating Vincent? (laughs) Sarah says something like, okay, and like heads off down the hall. Delia walks the same way towards class, but then she hears her name. Somebody's talking about her. And as she passes by this broom closet, she sees Stuart, who has just left her, having this, like, really heated discussion with Karina. And they're definitely talking about her. She keeps hearing her name, but she can't really get close enough to hear what they're talking about. She's trying to get an idea of what they're saying, and right as she's doing that, Brittany comes up behind her and asks her what the fuck she's doing looking into a broom closet. We also find out now that Brittany is friends with both of these girls. So Brittany's trying to make peace. She's like, you know, Uh, why don't you guys like each other? Why can't we get along? And Delia sees this as an opening for her to use Brittany to figure out what Karina is up to. Mm -hmm. So she's like, can't you just go talk to her? Can't you see what's up? Blah, blah. Delia kind of like fades back. (laughs) Brittany... (laughs) Brittany waits for Karina to come out of the broom closet and she's all, hey, what's up? <laughs> and Karina kind of keeps walking. And but, you know, Brittany's trying to engage her in conversation. Brittany pulls that I'm having to tie my shoe, but I'm still talking to you bit. So you have to stop as well thing. <laughs> and Delia is trying to stay within earshot this whole time. So it's like the two of them are trotting off down the hall. Delia is like tiptoeing behind them, <laughs> you know, maybe five or ten feet back yeah who knows not suspicious at all not suspicious at all and Brittany's like hey so what's your problem with Delia and Karina's like I don't know she's a bitch she wants to take everything that I've got 
And then she throws over her shoulder, and I know you can hear me. Oh. And Delia kind of does that like, uh, I'm looking <laughs> at my back or something right now. Everything's fine. I don't know what's happening. We find out that Karina is also in the running for this award. Mm. So they're both trying to get college money, both trying to get the same guy. So that night, Delia has a dream that Karina has snuck into her room and is trying to kill her. Delia's really let Karina get into her head. This this special award has a talent competition the next day. No shit. A talent competition. And it is. Her number (laughs) is number seven. She's last. And I can tell you from being a former pageant girl, you want to be last because they always reserve their scoring till they see everyone go through. Okay. So you are much more likely to get a 10 if you're the last, because they're not holding back to see if anyone else is better. Mm. If that makes sense. So yeah. she's got that going for her. All the kids are in the auditorium after school to watch this talent competition go down. Uh, Stuart does this like cheesy magic act. And then it's Karina's turn. And they wheel in a grand piano onto the stage. And Brittany kind of leans over and tells Delia that actually Karina's parents had their personal piano from their house shipped to the school for the competition. Because apparently one piano doesn't sound like the fucking next one. I don't know. And those are so expensive to ship. It's it's the most but, ridiculous. But here's the thing. If they're trying to get money for school, she sounds like a rich person who's like shipping baby grand pianos. So why do you need money for college? I don't think she does. I think she just wants to win. Oh, okay. That would yeah, make more I think, sense. I think that she is a rich bitch. Like, like they yeah. describe her like she's the girl that's wearing like sweater sets and pearls. Okay. So she doesn't yeah. need the money. Well, not. and she's not even playing the fucking piano. The piano is for her voice coach. She's an opera singer. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently she's pretty good. So she gets right. up there in her ball gown. She does her opera singing bit. Everybody is ooing and aahing and wowed. She has a beautiful voice. Delia is feeling more and more like shit because now she's got to go after her. Okay. And we all know Delia goes in a different direction, but she's also going to sing. So she goes up on stage. She grabs her guitar case. Gabe, her buddy, he's working the lights. He trots over like a little puppy to say good luck. And Delia (laughs) walks out on stage. She announces into the mic she's written an original song. A song about love and about how much it means to the boy and the girl that it's about. The song is called... Danielle, what's her song called? What's her Taylor Swift song called? (laughs) Vincent. You're goddamn right it is. Good job. I never guessed right. You got it. Yes. (laughs) When she turns around to open the guitar case, she finds all the strings on her guitar have been cut right up the middle and scrawled in red paint across the instrument are the words ha ha Delia screams and then shit gets a little more crazy because then she notices that whoever's done this has gone so far as to put a dead and decomposing rat into the hole of the guitar ew fucking gross yuck naturally Delia goes screaming up to Karina and she's accusing her of doing all this just so she can win the competition the judges end up breaking up this fight and Karina kind of walks out of the theater but she does stop at Delia's little sister Sarah's chair to whisper something to her mm-hmm. and Sarah kind of smiles so oh. yeah mm-hmm so yeah so if we if you want to know like the list of things that are happening here we've got 
Stuart, the other kid competing for the prize. We've got Karina, who is batshit crazy. We've got her little sister, Sarah, who hates her. We've got her spunky gymnast friend, Brittany, and her bookish, you're never going to date me friend, Gabe. Got it. That's where we're at. So the judges decide she can perform her song the following week, and they send Delia home to recover from the dead rat thing. She gets home, and there's a note on her door, and it's from Vincent. He wants to take her out dancing that night. And there's two things to unpack here. One, the name of the dance club, the hottest teen dance club in Shadyside, is called Red Heat. I feel like that was a movie. It sounds like it could be. It has to be porn at the very least. Like that's a, There's no way that's not a title. It's something. Um, it's something. Uh, or like a bad perfume. Yes. Red Heat. I love it. Also, she immediately decides what she's going to wear on this date. And it's amazing. Okay, are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. She's wearing her black suede miniskirt, her purple lace bodysuit. And it doesn't say, but I'm going to assume that it's the super classy kind with the snaps at the crotch. Black suede fringe vest. Let's hope it doesn't rain. Red platform shoes. Red? Yeah, she's edgy, which I think is hilarious because like her whole idea of like being edgy and fashionable is like none of this shit matches. <laughs> There's one problem. Brittany borrowed her black suede miniskirt and she never returned it. So she goes over to get it. When she gets there, Gabe and Brittany are there making cookies and having some weird like tension between the two of them. So we're not okay. sure what's going to happen between Gabe and Brittany. It's a side story that isn't super important mm -hmm. delia starts to go back home the snow has just started to lightly fall she turns a corner and she sees vincent milano he's standing with karina and she slows down just in time to catch them kissing on the street uh -oh. so she slams on the brakes she skids off the road And this shit gets almost like cheaters level crazy because even though she's just <laughs> ran her car into a tree, her first thing is get out of the car so she can confront the two of them. <laughs> the airbags have deployed. Like, this is no small accident. Karina comes trotting up to the car to help Delia. And she says Vincent's gone to, like, a neighbor's house to call the police and Delia's parents. And the two of them actually have a little powwow. They talk about how they had no idea that the other one was dating Vincent and how he should have told them. What? I mean, he never technically lied. He just kind of let them both think that, that they were his girlfriend. So they both apologize and they call a truce, which lasts like five seconds. Okay. Till Vincent comes walking up. So in the next scene, Vincent's on the phone with Delia. He's trying to tell her that, you know, they're going to have to reschedule their dancing date for another night. Mm -hmm. He saw Delia and Karina talking to each other and he knows that something's up. So he tells <laughs> Delia, you know, whatever Karina says about the two of them is just crazy. Girl's crazy. Um, <laughs> he feels bad for her. I mean, why would she see him on the street and kiss him without any warning? It's weird. She's always doing this. He has a lot of people doing that to him. Poor Vincent is constantly being sexually harassed <laughs> by women. They're getting dumber. As the book mm. goes on. She knew it couldn't be true. She must have only believed it because of the accident. You know, she hit her head. Whatever. All those apologies, all that truth, that's right out the window. So he kind of wraps things up with her, gets off the phone, because he's a little distracted by his company. He's got company while he's talking on the phone to Delia. Someone uh -oh. on his lap. And who do you think the company is? I'll give you a hint. It is not Karina. Okay. Who else did we meet? We didn't really meet anybody else. We met Sarah. But she's young. She's 15. And but how old are they supposed to be? I think they're supposed to be like 18. Okay. I mean, I guess it could be Sarah. But that would be weird. It's Brittany's totally Sarah. Oh my God, I was right again. 
<laughs> yeah, it's totally Sarah. And yeah, it's a little weird, but... Uh, I, uh, it is. Looking back, it's you, but I, like... Um, I may have dated somebody who was 18 when I was 14. Um, My cousin did too. It's I, I get it. But it's more like it's her sister. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's another level. Now we move forward in time. We're back at the school with Delia and we're at the artistic portion of this competition. Delia, get this, has done a self-portrait. Of course. And it's not just any self-portrait. She's painted herself as this edgy, badass designer with, like, a French braid and an earring on one side only. And to make things better, she wears that exact same outfit to present her self-portrait of her wearing the outfit. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's where we're at. With, wow with the yeah mm-hmm. one huge dangly earring on one side <laughs> awesome so she's kind of pacing the hallway she's waiting for her turn to go in karina goes in right before her karina of course is submitting like beautiful delicate hand-painted oil miniatures that are very realistic so they're out in the hall stewart comes up to her again and Delia starts to kind of check him out. She's like, you know, he looks pretty good in this tie. And uh, he's got kind of dimples and like a cleft in his chin. Which, by the way, that's not my jam. I'm not a fan of the of the cleft chin. No. I think it's... Me neither. I always think of Dudley Do-Right. <laughs> it's impossible to get that like... Uh, it's It looks like balls. Like, I don't know. Just <laughs> something really bad about that's not a thing Stein yeah, like, we don't really like that so he notices her noticing him he asks her out again and she's like oh just kidding I've still got a boyfriend whatever so she goes in there and she's opening her portfolio and she notices there's like a smear on the front of her portfolio and it's purple which is odd because she only works on markers She starts taking out her different drawings. She takes out her self-portrait and she realizes someone has taken that purple lipstick, her color, Midnight Wine, and destroyed every drawing in her portfolio. And when it comes to her self-portrait, they've taken that same lipstick and like gouged out the eyes of her self-portrait and written like all kinds of nasty things all over it. So she runs from the room. She comes around the corner. She sees Karina and Vincent, and they are totally cuddling in the hallway. Like, there's no way this can be misinterpreted. They are kind of, like, running their hands all over each other. And she's close enough to hear Karina telling him how she just knows that she's going to win this. And about how much the judges loved her paintings. And Delia agrees with her. She feels like, at this point, she's pretty much fucked. So that night... Brittany and Delia are talking. Delia's thinking about dropping out of the competition, even though the judges, they've given her extra time to complete some new drawings for the art section. Delia's whining about how, you know, if she never wins this award, she'll never get out of Shadyside and she'll never get to New York and be a fashion designer and all her friends are going to college and she doesn't want to be left behind. She also wants to talk to Vincent and give him a chance to explain what she saw this afternoon in the hallway with him and Karina. Brittany tells her in the nicest way possible that Delia is being this giant stupid bitch about Vincent. (laughs) She should really focus on other guys that actually want to date her, like Gabe or Stuart. But Delia hears nothing, and she goes over to Vincent's house. And when she gets there, she parks on the street. She heads up to Vincent's house. She notices through the window that looks right into the living room that Vincent is there with another girl a dark-haired girl. They're sitting on the couch. They're definitely making out. It's not Karina in there. Delia bursts into Vincent's house, Miami Vice style. (laughs) And the only thing that she can get out because she's so angry is, don't touch him. Vincent jumps up so fast that the girl who was on his lap falls on the floor. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then she jumps up. It's Sarah, her 15-year-old sister. And Delia loses her shit. Because Sarah, not only is there making out with her boyfriend, but she's also kind of taken some of Delia's clothes and attempted to dress up like Delia. Right down Ew. to the purple lipstick. That's creepy. It is super creepy. And right when we think things are going to take a weird turn, because her sister's a little bit smug about this situation, Delia kind of grabs Sarah's arm and frog marches her to the door. <laughs> Leans over and was like, you really didn't think you could be me, did you? And kind of pushes her out of the door. And Vincent throws her coat at her on the way out. Wow. Stara starts crying, runs off into the night. Delia slams the door on her, and she round faces to Vincent like, really, dude? And Vincent kind of throws his hands up like, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm just so sorry. You know, I just... (sighs) I felt so bad for her. And... (laughs) I know that she's kind of awkward with boys. I thought maybe I could help her be more desirable to like some of the sophomore guys. And you know you're the only one for me, right? I know. This thing with Sarah was weird, but it's over, whatever. And he's going to talk to Karina. Karina's flipped it. Karina really thinks they're going out. He's going to have a stern talk with her and let her know what's up. And Delia's like, okay, well, whatever. Talk to her. And she leaves, actually, without making out with him, which is a first for her. Good job. Right. (laughs) So let's time travel again. Do, 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 do. And now (laughs) it's time for Vincent Milano's birthday party. And he's chosen to hold his birthday party in a huge, old, abandoned house on Fear Street. The house has been vacant for almost a year, so he figured no one would care if he invited the whole senior class to do a giant kegger in a big, creepy house in the middle of Fear Woods. Sounds great. Good idea, Vincent. Nothing bad's going to happen. It's fine. The party is in full swing. Gabe and Brittany show up and immediately ask, where's Delia? Because she was supposed to show up early. Vincent has no idea where Delia's at, and he's not concerned. He's partying. This is his birthday. And Karina shows up. She kind of cozies up to Vincent. They dance. And that's all Vincent wants to do. Vincent wants to dance and party. That's it. Brittany keeps asking him where Delia was, and wasn't it really strange that she wasn't here? And Vincent tells her, you know, calm down. She'll probably be here later. She likes to make an entrance, whatever. I'm very curious where it's going. So, you don't, you don't have an idea at this, at this time what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You're definitely building to something, for yeah. sure. It's escalating. Someone has to die. Oh, for sure. <laughs> A thunderstorm starts to, like, kind of gather outside, and the party goes on. Vincent is dancing with Karina. He doesn't have a care in the world. Kids eventually start to file out. The party starts to die down a little bit. And just as Brittany and Gabe are leaving, they tell Vincent, you know, we're going to go to Delia's house to make sure she's not dead, because there's no way she wouldn't come to this party. Right. And just then the door bursts open and there's this like flash of lightning and a crash of thunder (laughs) Delia is standing in the doorway and she looks like she just went 10 rounds with a wet cat her hair is wild and her shirt is torn at the sleeve and her heels are broken and she's been scratched all over her arms. There's also a pretty decent like flow of blood coming from the top of her head. Wow. And all she can say is help me before she faints. So they gather around her. They try to get her to come to. She wakes up a little bit. Stuart asks her what happened to her. 
And she kind of stands up with Brittany's help and she starts pointing and screaming at Karina, saying that Karina invited her over to her house before the party to apologize for all the terrible things that she'd been doing to Delia. And when Delia got there, she followed Karina to her room, but then she was hit over the head with something and blacked out. When she woke up, she was tied to Karina's bed. And of course... Karina denies all this. She says that Delia is a big liar and she needs professional help. And Delia shows the whole party the rope burns on her wrist to prove her story. Brittany, Gabe, and Stuart are all like, how could you, Karina? You've gone too far. And Delia kind of like falls into Vincent's arms and is crying about how crazy Karina is. And Karina proceeds to lose her shit again. Again. (laughs) Again. To another level. She is screaming that this is all bullshit and that Delia is a crazy liar. To which Delia starts saying, come on, let's go to your house. Let's go to your house, Karina, right now. I'll prove it. My blood is all over the carpet in your house where I was hit on the head. And Karina's like, I'm not taking you to my house. You guys are all crazy. All of this is bullshit. I'm out. And Vincent steps in front of her and he finally takes a side. He's like, we can help you get the help you need. Like you, you obviously have some problems and this is not okay kind of thing. And that is enough for Karina to say nothing and walk out with a purpose. Like everybody's a little afraid she's going to come back with a gun. Like she's out the door and she leaves Delia to recuperate in Vincent Milano's arms. The next day, just a few of Vincent's friends get invited back to the abandoned house on Fear Street as the cleanup crew. (laughs) Right? Aren't you glad you're Vincent's friend? And who the fuck cleans up after a party in an abandoned house? Isn't that the whole point? Right. It's abandoned. (laughs) Right? Also, it's kind of a... Yeah, go ahead. I was saying, weren't they in the woods or something, too? Yes! Yes! It's an abandoned house in the woods! We don't need to clean it up! But I guess they do. There's a cleaning crew. Empty pizza boxes and soda cans. Oh. No. That's a high school party. Like, there's cans (laughs) of, like, Natty Light and Boone's Farm everywhere. (laughs) Mad Dog. Like, you name it. All the (laughs) shitty gas station booze you can think of are on the floor. In that house. <laughs> I know. I don't know why he feels the need. I don't know. He has to be PC now. He can't promote underage drinking. <laughs> but trespassing is fine. Also yeah, murder. Murder's fine. <laughs> the cleaning crew is like Brittany and Gabe and um, Delia is on the cleaning crew. They show up. They get to the house and no one's around. And they start calling for Vincent. He's not answering either. So they, they go room by room. They're walking around. They're calling his name. They're trying to find Vincent. He was supposed to be there early. And they start getting a little pissed off because they're like, I know he didn't just leave us here to clean up this mess by ourselves. And they walk into the room and they find him. And he's face down on the floor. Brittany rolls him over and he is cold. He doesn't have a pulse that she can find. And there's blood fucking everywhere. Vincent Milano is dead. Stabbed in the chest. And Delia starts her campaign for an Oscar. She starts like rocking (laughs) and crying over him. She's doing fucking everything but like beating her chest and asking why God. Okay, she is flipping out. Gabe goes to the closest house to call the police. All the kids wait on the porch of the abandoned house for the for the police to get there. And when the police get there, they're like, can you show us where the body is? And they show them where Vincent is. And they go and examine the body. And of course, they can tell right away just by looking at him that he was stabbed directly into the heart. And that's what killed him. They also start to question Delia about her lipstick. Because guess what? Vincent has a fresh smack of purple lipstick on his cheek. 
Brittany and Gabe get told basically to go home, but not to leave because they're going to be questioned later. And Dealey gets taken downtown. So they leave her in the interrogation room for like five minutes and she immediately starts to crack. Like she's super bored. <laughs> and then they come in and Shadyside's finest present her with two photos. One is the photo of the lipstick mark on Vincent's dead cheek. And one is a close-up photo of her own face. And they're like, there's a match. This print matches your lips. We can tell just by looking. This is a match. Facts. Forensics. <laughs> that was fast. Right. That was fast forensics. Super fast forensics. Like they can, they didn't like do any computerization, but they squinted really hard and they can tell that that's definitely her mouth. Delia starts saying, Hey, no, there's no way I could do this. And, you know, then she gets this idea. She's like, Well, wait a minute. I can prove that those aren't my lips. She's like, Well, those are my lips, but I can prove that I didn't do it. And they're like, Well, what do you mean? And she says, Well, the print is reversed. So I'm going to try to break this down so that, because it was a little confusing in the book. Okay. She takes out her lipstick. She blots it onto a piece of paper. She shows the cops, look, this is what it looks like when I kiss something. It's a mirror image of the print on Vincent's cheek. I couldn't have kissed his cheek because it wouldn't have looked like this. But if I took this paper that I blotted on and used it like a stamp to rub it on his cheek, then it would make the correct print. So there's no way I could have done this, but whoever did do this took one of my little blotty things that I leave everywhere and tried to make it look I'm like a Is everybody with me? Okay. I think so. That's why she can't be guilty. So the cops are immediately like, you know what? She's right. So who do you think did it? Obviously, fucking Karina. Go to her house. These are all the terrible things that she's done to me. They're like, okay, great. So they go to Karina's house and Delia's like, I'm coming too. And the mm -hmm. cops are like, probably not. Go home. <laughs> but she doesn't go home. She makes up some excuse about how she wants to walk and clear her head. But instead, she ends up sprinting to Karina's house to watch this all go down. She sees the cops walk up to her front door, go in. She kind of shimmies up to like a living room window so she can try to like see what's going down. <laughs> but she can't hear anything and that frustrates her. And the cops go upstairs to search Karina's room. Delia fucking breaks into the house. It's like slithers in a window somewhere oh, and right. kind of goes up the stairs too and is like hanging back in the hallway and listening to these cops toss her room. Karina's there. Her mom's there in the room. No one can see Delia. Delia's hiding in the hallway. Okay, but wait. Didn't okay. this room have her blood all over it yesterday? Ooh, that's a good catch. There's no fucking blood. Okay. Okay. Not that. <laughs> Just making Not that. sure I didn't miss something. <laughs> right. So she's eavesdropping on these cops. The cops aren't really finding anything. They open Karina's desk drawer and they pull out a piece of paper with a pair of purple lips stamped on it. And then they pull out a fucking knife that has dried blood on it. And Karina's like, hey, bro, that's not mine. Like, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> And then she starts talking about how, you know, Delia probably planted this shit because she's a weirdo who's in love with her boyfriend and Vincent really loves her. <laughs> but Delia can't Weirdos. even like stomach her talking about Vincent this way and gives herself away by screaming, he's not yours. Oh my God. And there's a moment where everybody turns <laughs> and is like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and she she doesn't say much after that like ah oh, shit i just gave so they they escort her out they take <laughs> karina downtown and then we time travel again all right it's many weeks later okay 
we, it's a huge jump. Many weeks later. All right. It's prom night. And Delia and Gabe are going to the prom together. Ooh. They've been dating for three weeks. Oh. And they decide that they're going to stop at the Shadyside Mental Institution to visit Karina on the way to prom. Oh, no. Gabe visits Karina on the weekly. He knows his way around. Delia has never been to visit Karina, but she's going this time for prom for some reason. Seemed like a romantic thing to do, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. So they're all dolled up. They're in kind of a waiting area, waiting for Karina to be available so that they can go and visit her. She's apparently been in this mental institution since with the, like, the day the cops took her away. Mm. Delia starts kind of fumbling with Gabe's tie and talking about like how sweet she is and how if Karina had just realized all the things that she had... Maybe Delia would have let her just live out her life. Maybe Delia wouldn't had had to do all those things and make it seem like Karina did them. And wasn't it disgusting for her to have to find that dead rat in the school dumpster and put it into her own guitar? And it was so, so much fun wigging out when she opened up her sketchbook to find her own drawings that she had fucked up herself. What? Delia did all this shit to herself. Oh my to God. To set Karina up. And she was what? gonna let Vincent live too, but then she caught Vincent with her sister. And when that happened, she had the like brilliant idea to get rid of Vincent and pin the whole thing on Karina and also take her out of the running for the competition. Which she won, by the way. She has a full ride. Okay. And she's going on this, like, super villain monologue to Gabe, who apparently had no fucking clue. I was gonna say, what is this guy doing? Like, oh, good job! <laughs> Great! <laughs> So she's having this long, drawn-out, like, wasn't it great, and I'm so smart, and aren't you glad you're with me? And then mm -hmm. she kind of does this crazy bitch thing where she's like, you won't tell anyone, will you? And then what? she goes into this, like, little baby voice, and she starts kissing him. You won't tell anyone, will you kiss? Will you kiss? I, I don't know. It it's super weird and strange. And just then she hears this, like, sound behind her, and it's Karina's doctor. Uh. This, this doctor has heard the whole thing. Yes. Delia's caught, and the doctor says something like, I'll go call the police. And that's how it ends. I love it. <laughs> Did you have it figured out? No. I figured she had something to do with it, but then I thought, I bet it's the sister. I bet the sister went crazy. Yep. Nope. It was Delia the whole wow. time. Wow. That was a good one. It was. It was long, though. Mm-hmm. It had a lot of moving parts. I'm trying to remember if I ever knew anyone like Vincent. I don't think those people exist. <laughs> it's like they're so... They're such characters. I definitely knew some like Delia types. Not crazy, but who thought they were cool. Yeah, none of this shit matches. I'm so cool. <laughs> it's brave to wear purple lipstick when it was not a time of like liquid lipstick that stayed on all day. <laughs> I don't even think Mac came around no. until the 2000s. Um, maybe so to wear... like 99 at the earliest for Mac, maybe. Like it was on maybe a studio, you know, but I know like Smashbox and stuff existed, but it wasn't being sold. It was just used at studios. So you couldn't just go get it, you know, like we can now. I just don't remember being able to even access that shade unless, I mean, we had, we did do that like ultra frosty <clears throat> lip. 
Yes. For a while. And then we had the um, bright white eyeliner uh, <laughs> for a while. I was definitely rocking the white eyeliner. I had a um, lot of froth. Now that we've <laughs> ended this mystery, we can talk about it on the Facebook group. We can talk about 90s makeup trends on our Facebook group. Go and like us. Post things. You can find us with Snacks with Stein on Facebook. Also, if you wouldn't mind, go and give us a review. Again, I'm going to reiterate this because we got a one-star review and we're not taking it personally. So rude. So rude. Well, because they didn't say anything. (laughs) It was, there was no comments. It was just, nope, one star. Um, so we're only interested in five star reviews, you guys. If you want to give us one star, you do that in your heart and you <laughs> leave the rest alone. So yes, five star reviews wherever you listen. That would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and next episode, we are going back to our Goosebumps stories. Danielle is going to tell us the story of the ghost next door. So be excited. Luna! God damn it. Luna's excited. Luna's super excited. Ghost next door. Next next week. Next week. And on that note, until next time, we are out. Like the last of the Christmas candy. <laughs>